welcome to the Onyx Pathcast. I'm this week's host, Dixie Cochran, here with Matthew Dawkins. Hello. 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 And Eddie Webb. I was like, wait a minute, are you going to just say hello to each other for a while? Hello. Am I going to be involved in this conversation? I mean, I was going to do like a bit, but then you didn't say hello, so you, you ruined it. You ruined my I, bit. I was being polite. I was waiting to be invited in like a good vampire. Right, but once I did, you didn't say hello. All right, let's rewind. <laughs> no, this Welcome is way to better. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, hey, you're D- not the host D- this yeah, week. Dixie knows. Dixie knows. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so this week we are going to be presenting an interview Eddie and I did with one of my editors, Maria Cambone. Um, I say my hey. editors because, as you all know, I am in charge of the editing department. Um, Maria's one that Rose hired before I came on, and she's been fantastic. She's worked on a bunch of our lines, uh, and she's just a really cool, fun person. So we thought we'd sit down with her and chat for a little bit. Uh, once again, we kicked out Matthew, because I think by the time we started this interview, it was 11 p.m. his time, so. Right, it's a bit late. Yeah, don't worry, don't worry, listeners who are missing my voice, if there are any of you, I'm sure there are. Uh, We'll get some (laughs) European interviews done in the coming weeks or months, I've no doubt. Well, now now we're locked into that. Great, great, okay. (laughs) (laughs) That is definitely going to happen, possibly. Yeah, it doesn't have to be anyone related to the industry. I might just do one of those uh, Johnny on the Spot Street uh, interviews. I'll say, hey, what what do you think about the Onyx Path? And an old lady will say, leave me alone, again. (laughs) (laughs) Again. Although you're about to be at PDXCon, aren't you? I am, yes. Or are you there now? No. dropping? I will be there on the weekend of, let's see, I should actually know this, shouldn't I? Uh, I'm going to be going over there for the 18th, 19th, and 20th of October. That'll be in Berlin. So next weekend. Yes, next weekend. Uh, I'll be there with Matt McElroy. So are there any fans who are going to be at PDXCon in Berlin, or just, you know, who live in Berlin and want to try to find Matthew and harass him? Now you know where he'll be. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And if you want to pose in a photo next to the gentleman vampire, gentleman gamer, or something like that, that'll be five euros. You can't. No. <laughs> and if you want, uh, if you want me to be pretending to be biting on your neck or something like that, that's ten euro. You know, I have a tariff. And <laughs> if you actually want me to bite, uh, it's going to be twenty euro. That's actually pretty cheap. I, I don't, it is, you know, I, 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 like, I, I, I am pretty cheap. This is like crossing over into all my sex work. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I have considered this. But in but D- Germany is a far more liberal country when it comes to that kind of thing, so I thought, why not take advantage? <laughs> you do you, Matthew. That's all I can say. <laughs> you do you. Um... <laughs> On that note, let's just go ahead and do the interview with Maria. (laughs) I don't know what else to say. And now we are here in the interview portion of the PathCast. The interview portion of the PathCast. (laughs) Me. And Eddie. Oh my god. Hi. Hi, Eddie. (laughs) And the lovely, lovely giggle you can hear in the background is one of my editors, Maria Cambone. Hi, Maria. Hello. Hi. <laughs> I'm so excited to have you here. This is the first time that the editors have outnumbered the stinky, stinky devs on the podcast, <laughs> even though I'm kind she of She says, both. also being a dev. <laughs> <laughs> shush, shush. 
I most multi classed. I, I did, I did. And then and then I tried to multi class into writer and I, I'm not as good at anything now. Um it's too much. It's too much. But yeah, so we're here with Maria Cambone today, as you heard in the introduction, if our introduction didn't go completely off course like it usually does. It did. Oh, okay, cool, cool. <laughs> good to know. Uh, so Maria Tell us a little bit about, about yourself and like what projects you've worked on for us. I don't know if you've worked for anybody else in the industry. I've never actually talked to you about this. Fun fact, listeners, this is the first time that I've ever actually spoken to Maria, despite us emailing all the time. So Pretty I'm really, really glad right? to have her on. Yeah, right? Yeah, like, yeah. I talk to you at least once a month, usually. Like, yeah, if not more definitely. often. We're like Facebook friends or friends on Instagram. I've never met her in yeah. real life. Welcome to freelancing. <laughs> yep. It's true. But, it's the facts. But yeah, so uh, what what all have you worked on for us and anybody else? If you have, you could be one of our exclusives, yeah. and that's fine. Yeah. Um, so I started out uh, as an editor in Washington D.C. for okay. a company that does IT accessibility for people with disabilities. Um, I've been a freelance editor in the like IT and accessibility spaces um, for a while since then. Um, I've done a little bit of editing work for um, Finite Studios um, and for, um, gosh, they're under a new name now and I can only remember their new name, but I haven't worked for them under their new name. Um, Mighty Narwhal is their name now, but Jason, okay, Andrews, yeah. Jason Andrews projects before he was my, he and the team were Mighty Narwhal. Um, so I've worked with them a little bit as well. Um, but for the most part, I'm basically an Onyx Path exclusive at this point. Yes. Hello, we yeah. can steal people and make them exclusive. That's my favorite. Yeah. You can have all my editing time. <laughs> Yay. I need it. Um. <laughs> You're down to what? 12 projects now? I don't know how many projects I have in editing right now. I don't want to think about it. I, I don't. <laughs> I just yeeted one back onto your desk right before we started recording. I was like, that's one, one down, 12 to go. To fair, um, I gave you one this morning too, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, Every time that I'm like, I'm gonna get this done. Eddie's like, here's three more things. And I'm like, Eddie, <laughs> Eddie, why? Oh. Uh, that's, that's super cool though. So how did you get involved with Onyx Path or with the vampire community? Because I know you've been involved with that for a while. Like where did that yeah. kind of start? Yeah, totally. So when I was in college, I hung out with a bunch of nerds. I, of course, am, oh well, who's going to deny it? I'm also a ginormous nerd. Um, so no. when I was in college, oh, what? I'm on the, I'm on the <laughs> path cast and I'm a giant nerd. <laughs> <laughs> that never happens. <laughs> um, yeah, so when I was in college, I got involved with one of the vampire clubs, uh, Mind's Eye Society. Um, I was a member there for about nine years. Um, mm -hmm. Oh my God, it was about that long. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I, I actually met Eddie at my very first vampire convention in, was it Cincinnati? Eddie, do you remember? That it was somewhere right in Ohio. I think so. Yeah, it sounds right. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was somewhere in Ohio back in like 2012. Um, mm hmm and um, then, you know, I did a little bit of uh, Vampire for a long time. I started networking at events like Midwinter. Um, at that mm -hmm. point, I was going to graduate school for something not related to editing. 
and was looking for a way to do a little bit more freelancing with something that I really enjoy that um, hopefully could help cover some of my graduate school. <laughs> Thank you, Onyx, yeah. Onyx Path, <laughs> for helping me pay for graduate school. <laughs> I'm pretty sure last time I offered you a project right after a previous one, you were like, "Thank you for paying my student loans." <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> um, yeah. So then um, I met Neil at Midwinter a couple of years ago. Um, mm -hmm. And he introduced me to Rose Bailey, who was your predecessor, I think, Dixie. Yeah. Um, yep. And that's how I got into editing. That's super cool. Yeah, Ro Rose is a longtime friend of mine. And then when she stepped down, she recommended me for this job, which I think is really cool. Yeah. Awesome. I'm so glad she did. Yeah, she's a good lady to know. I, I love Rose. She's very, very mm -hmm. helpful. And she's creating her own stuff at lightning speed these days and it's all really cool. yeah it's crazy yeah it's really cool stuff cavaliers of mars oh my goodness i love cavaliers it makes me so happy yeah it's one of my favorite books i got to work on partially because it was rose's baby mm -hmm. so i'm a fan maybe i'll maybe i'll give you the next cavaliers project that comes through maria so you Ooh. can get a credit in there too dibs. <laughs> can i just like put my finger on my nose and call dibs <laughs> <laughs> You heard it here, It folks. works that way, right? <laughs> I mean, sometimes. You know, that's, that's, that's actually the thing with some of my editors is like, or just folks I work with in general, is that if I find that they have a passion for a specific line, I will often try to give them that line because it means they're going to yeah. do a better job because they care about it more. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So... So yeah, that's just something is that, just that, that I care about all of them. <laughs> I too that. have that problem. <laughs> Having done so many of the story path games and then also like being an old school vampire fan, everything like I mm. it, yeah, I I get you. Yeah. I, I I deeply care about Pugmire like all yes. of it. So Yes. So you mentioned grad school. What is your day job? What do you do outside of editing? Yeah. Um, so I am, I work at Indiana University Bloomington, uh, mm -hmm. and I am a career coach for college students. So I meet, primarily, I meet with undergraduate students, graduate students, and people within the first three years of their graduation, um, mm -hmm. undergraduates within, like, undergrad degree, um, right. talking to them about what do you want to do with your degree, how can you build experience towards that goal, um, and, um, you know, how do you master this interviewing and networking stuff to make sure that you land where you want to go next? It honestly, it's, it's kind of funny how I feel like a lot of the editors I've met, myself included, have very similar kind of personality slash way they interact with the world. Like, I describe myself occasionally, and I think I've done it on this podcast, as a support class. Like, mm -hmm. I, yes. I like helping other people <laughs> and making making their work better. And, and, you know, even when I play MMOs, I tend to play support classes. I play a lot of support classes in, like, D&D. &D. Um, and then when it comes to, like, like you, you were saying that some of your first stuff was working with disability accessibility stuff. And then yep. you do career coaching and you edit. And it's, like, <laughs> it requires, like, a very specific kind of desire or drive, I think, to want to do those things instead of being... Yeah the writer, the developer, the person whose yeah. name is on everything. Yeah, I like helping people be better at the things that they want to do and that they love to do. That's kind of what I do. And that's really awesome, I think. Like, that's that's something that, I don't know, I'm not saying me specifically because I took all that drive and just went to work on 
RPGs. But like, I think it's a personality type that the world could use more of, personally. Yeah, yeah. People just want to help. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So you were saying that you met Eddie uh, many, many years ago. Eddie, yeah. what, was, what was that like for you? How many? How many years ago? <laughs> many, wow. many, many years ago. Maria was a was a tiny child. <laughs> I'm still a tiny child compared to Eddie. He's a Methuselah. Wow! She's like three years old, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, No, it was actually funny. Is um, uh, Like like she said, we uh, we met at a LARP. Um, I was playing my uh, elder Malkavian, and so I just started talking to her. It's what I like to do at these kinds of... uh, When when I was still involved in LARP, it's like I would just sit down with people I didn't meet before and start talking to them in character about bizarre stuff and see what happens and she kept rolling with it and i was like oh you've been playing for a while and she's like nope first game I'm like oh okay <laughs> neat um uh but um it, it was it was really cool because uh you know we started struck up a friendship um during the game and then we a, a new chronicle started and so i said i want to play adventure and actually the sport class mm-hmm. conversation is interesting because one of the things i did uh, approach her, uh, maria about was you know, i wanted to get some people involved in my lineage and she was very – with a few people that was like, I don't necessarily want to have a high-profile job per se. You know, I want to just help you out and you know make sure everyone's having a good time and, and the line. And I thought that was really interesting um, because most people, especially in a live-action game, they kind of want to have a little bit of spotlight because it's such – we have like 200 people. You know, it's, you want to make your own space inside of that. Um, and But she was just more kind of really willing to help. Um, and so I guess we just got talking after that. And then you were one of the first – beta readers for Pugmire early yeah. early on. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, she was actually really helpful for me during that because um, I was getting some playtesting done for an early draft of it, and and Maria had actually was never, never really played Dungeons & Dragons. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was really helpful for me to say, hey, cool, I'm going to give you a game that's based on that. I'm not going to explain anything to you and, and find out where some of the weak points are in the game and so it was really fascinating conversation because things that i had just assumed everyone knew and maria was like i don't know why this is the way it is it makes no sense to me um and so it helped me to really kind of clean up and tweak some things so it's it, it it's it's a, like you say it's 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 a interesting skill set that we don't see a lot of in this industry sometimes so what's it like being on board at the beginning of pugmire a little bit maria and then seeing it kind of blow up like it did on kickstarter and everything I am so glad you asked that question, Dixie. So I remember (laughs) working at my first job out of college and I was IMing Eddie and he was telling me about Pugmire and Mm -hmm. I was in the middle of my work day and not doing work because I was chatting with Eddie about his game idea. Um, (laughs) and, And he was like, I don't know, like, would anybody buy this? I, this is just kind of a project that I've been noodling around that sounds really fun. I want to write it, but I don't think anybody would buy this. And I have all these other projects on my plate. And I, you know, I just don't know if there's room for this on the market. And I, mm-hmm. I remember saying, maybe this is just my, you know, false memory, Eddie, you get to jump in and say what you remembered after this. But Because but I'm more ancient than you have like, better memory. Yeah. <laughs> but I remember being like, Eddie, this is such a cool game. This is what their world needs. And you were like, eh, I'll come back to it in three months if it's still sitting on my plate, if it's still on my mind after I finish this other thing. That actually <laughs> does, that did, is about I right. So yeah. <laughs> I was so happy that you did. And then, and then I got to read it and then you got to like pull me in and, um, 
Uh, I got to do some of the playtesting for it. I ran a playtest group with some of my friends back in Virginia, back when I was still living there. Um, mm -hmm. And we had such a ball. Oh my gosh. So I, I kind of feel really secretly like attached to Pugmire and privileged as like, I, uh, I got to hear about it. Not first, but probably <laughs> in the first like 20 people who got to hear about it. <laughs> and now I yeah, get no, to you... work on it and it's awesome. I know. <laughs> no, that, 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 that's pretty much, yeah, that's pretty much how it happened because I mean, uh, I, I talked about it a little bit before, but um, I, I, I had no clue. I was like, this was a stupid dog game, whatever. And it's like, yeah, it, it, no. it's, it's a palate cleanser. It'll be fun. And Marie was like, seriously, you will make this game. And I'm like, well, I'll think about make, it. She's like, I, make this I, game. I will find you and hunt you down and make you make this game. <laughs> I need to play this game. And in fact, right, right now, I am planning a Pugmire campaign. I So the last time I edited a Pugmire book, I could not get the campaign out of my head. So I, that's always what happens. I fall in love with any game that I'm editing. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to run like a 12-part campaign about this thing. And Same. then I never have any friends who want to schedule games with me online. Same. So shameless plug, if anybody wants me to run a game for them, anyone at all. Run a game for me. <laughs> Dixie, let me we run should a game run, for you. We should run an editor's game on our Onyx Path Twitch channel. Oh my God, go. yes. I would, we could all please. use very proper grammar the whole time. <laughs> that will not happen. I feel like actually as an editor, I do not use very proper grammar most of the time. And I feel like I have oh, a same. license to get away with it. Uh, <laughs> like I, yeah. I know what I'm doing. I just choose not to. <laughs> Eddie can, sees me type all the time. And Eddie knows that I don't like some things. Yes. I'm one of the people I know who uses semicolons and text messages because I'm a monster. Um, but I also shorten the word though to T-H-O all the time because I think it looks cool. Oh, bless, bless. <laughs> but yeah, so that I have a story about Pugmire when it launched because I had already worked on it at that point and I was at a house party that day where we were pretty much just making ludicrous amounts of food, drinking mimosas, and listening to a lot of Harry Belafonte. It was just a bunch of weird <laughs> wow. punk kids. It was fun. Um, that's 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 what the punk kids do in Connecticut. We listen to Harry Belafonte and drink mimosas. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but it was the day the Kickstarter launched. Right. And I remember just like watching it skyrocket throughout the day while I'm drinking mimosas and dancing. And being like, <laughs> and, like showing it to my friends and being like, I worked on this. This is so cool. And like none of them quite understood what a big deal it was. But I thought it was the coolest thing ever. And I was like talking about mm. everybody. Yeah, I will. I always remember mm. that as just kind of like a little time capsule memory of like watching mm -hmm. Pugmire explode while eating so much breakfast. I wanted to die and drinking mimosas mm -hmm. to the point where I think they had to do like two separate champagne and orange juice runs to the store because people just kept showing up. Wow. I, I don't know. It was, you know what I, it's a random house party. <laughs> you know what I just realized? This is a What's great that? time for me to say to Eddie, I told oh, no. you so. I told oh, you so, motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. did it, and no. I told you so. <laughs> that, that is fair. So you pleased. definitely have earned that. You're right. <laughs> Thank you. I feel very good now. <laughs> Seven years later. <laughs> well, not quite that long, but still. <laughs> To be fair, though, I mean, that's part of the role of a support class. Cheerleader, right? That's what bards yeah. do. Yeah. No, absolutely. <laughs> and, I mean, it's, it's, we, this actually goes back to editing a little bit, but, I mean, like, 
there's this kind of romantic notion of, of, of the developer or the creator where they sit in their office or their, their den, you know, and by themselves and they just constantly create and there's no outside influence and it's garbage. It's, it's complete junk. Um, that's something that uh, I know I've told Maria in the past is that I've always felt like you have to have a relationship with an editor. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it, it's like mm -hmm. the editor wants your work to be the best possible it could be, but you can't do that if the writer's not putting a certain amount of trust and faith into the editor. Mm -hmm. And the editor has to be able to shoot straight, has to be able to say, no, this mm -hmm. is this is not going to work. You, you really need to rethink this. Um, and so having that right balance of cheerleader, but also, hey, have you thought about this is is extremely helpful. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's so there's a few different kinds of editors. Anybody that looks into editing will kind of go like, okay, there's copy editors, there's line editors, whatever. In the RPG world, there there are both of those things. There are people that do all the different kinds of editing. But when I say editor, when I'm referring to myself or Maria, I'm referring mostly to a copy editor, but that does some line editor duties. Technically, the developer is doing a lot of those, as in like making mm -hmm. sure a story flows, making sure a book flows. Or but they should be. Well, okay, so they, they should be. <laughs> but sometimes as an editor, you catch things that the dev just doesn't see because they've looked at it 18,000 times yeah. or yeah. because they skimmed it because they trusted the writer and just didn't have a chance to really dive deep into it. Like there's there's all kinds of reasons that something can come to you, myself or Maria or any of my other editors. Like I've got Heather Rigby, I've got Carl Darnell, I've got a few different people. Um, I've got a bunch of new ones and I'm not going to shout out your names because I'm going to mess them up. Um, <laughs> I should have written a list down, but like I've, I've, I've got all these folks that I trust to not only check work for grammar and spelling and also game terms, which is a whole separate issue. Um, mm. but also to check for things like historical accuracy, if we're talking about something like dark eras for, um, real world accuracy, if it's something taking place in the real world, as a lot of our games do, uh, mm -hmm. for version not accuracy. Anymore. Not Pugmire. No. Yeah. Well, kind of. <laughs> Just not with the same names of anything. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. But but you know, like when I'm when I'm editing I, I I did not do this one, but had I done Contagion Chronicle, there's a lot of real places in there. Right. And so it's mm -hmm. important mm -hmm. to fact check those. Um and I I have a little editing yeah. test that I send out to people and the last paragraph of the editing test uh contains two factual errors. There's a little hint for anybody that wants to edit for me. <laughs> uh, and so I far of the people, never... you were grandfathered in. Test. That's oh, that's because okay. Rose hired you. <laughs> okay, I'm I gonna made... take that editing test. <laughs> I, I, I will send up. it to you. <laughs> I will send it to you sometime. Tell it is a it is a one page editor. test. <laughs> it's not a contest. <laughs> it's, it's not a contest, not a but contest. you're definitely winning, right? <laughs> Honestly, at this point. Oh, deal you... the most heels on your manuscript. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to put anybody above anybody else, but it does take me right. a certain amount of, um, of 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 trust that I'm working with someone to start giving them what I consider core books, which when I think of it that way is pretty much anything over 96k or so. Sure. Anything under that is like a smaller supplement, and I feel kind of comfortable being like, I'll give this to you. If you really screw it up, I'll take it back and do it myself or, you know, fix it or whatever. Um... But if I gave somebody a 200k core book and they screw it up, then I really don't want to redo it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a lot of work. Yeah. So if if I'm giving you things like Pirates of Pugmire and Maria, which I gave you, it means that I trust you. <laughs> <laughs> so what are you working on for us right now? And are you enjoying it so far if you've gotten to start yet? 
yes, I opened it up this weekend. Um, I am working on a vampire supplement, uh, but mm. I haven't really gotten very far into it yet, so I can't tell you too much about it. Actually, I got um, hung up. I got hung up on the intro on the introduction fiction. And I started really digging into it and being like, I don't understand. Who are these people? What is this continuity? What are they talking about? And then I realized, Dixie, that you'd sent mm-hmm. me both the core book and the Chicago supplement that goes yes. with it. And I went, wait a minute. What if I did a control F, control find, see if I, oh. <laughs> 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 I was really glad that I did that. So I spent about, you know, 45 minutes arguing with the manuscript. And then I was like, wait, wait, I am the one who's wrong. <laughs> and then it's I, who's I the got asshole. lost. It's <laughs> exactly right. And then I, I got lost. I have totally done that. <laughs> Just reading all of the great vampire fifth edition stuff that's going on. I had not read it yet. Um, mm-hmm. I had try- I had completely quit vampire. I had quit my addiction and my boyfriend was sitting in the other room listening to me cackle cackle <laughs> as I was reading this stuff so eventually he came in and he was like what like I thought you were working and I'm like oh this this is work <laughs> this is totally work um and then I made it's gotta him be a read- lot yeah yeah then I started making him read v5 and now I'm also gonna run a vampire game <laughs> so <laughs> Well, there is a whole chronicle on the back of Chicago by Night, which you got for free because you edit for me. (laughs) So just as an FYI, again, if anyone wants to play vampire. (laughs) Please um, tune in for Maria's Chicago by Night Chronicle on our Twitch show. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly what's going to happen. That's exactly because every time I edit a new thing, I'm like, wait, now this is the game that I want to (laughs) play. So I haven't really totally uh, started yet, Dixie. <laughs> that, uh, I, if <laughs> you had any idea how I work, hey, no, I am I am definitely, uh, oh, it's 50K and my deadline's in four weeks. I will start this in 25 days. Like, I am, I am that person because as, as Eddie and I have talked about, one of my, like, what, one of the things that I am worst at just as a person is self-imposed deadlines. Um, mm, if yes. I tell myself I'm going to do something by a certain time, it will never get done because I don't care. If I tell, if somebody else says have this to me by this time, it will get done by that time. Possibly no yep. sooner, but definitely yep. by that time. Right. Yep. And so, like, yeah, I have, I have, I've done that before where, like, I, th- I think it was when I was working for a, a different company that I worked for where someone asked me how something was going. And I was like, going great. And in my brain, I'm like, haven't looked at it. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I still got a week to go. It's only forty pages. I'll be fine. Oh, like, that's I'll fine. I'll do that's it the night before time. it's due. That's yeah, so much exactly. time. You got that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, like, it's like forty pages in in a week. That's like nothing. Like you can wait. Like wait until you're three days out, then you can sweat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And that's. That's one of the other things about editing is it does move faster than writing. Because, yes. um, you know, with yes. writing, you're making up your own ideas out of your brain and and writing and rewriting and making sure things fit and, you know, hopefully fact checking and double checking all the things that you need yes. to be doing. Because um, even writing for Pugmire that I did recently, I had Monarchies and Pugmire like on my desk the whole time so I could reference them because you need to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Someone's got a bird. I do hear a bird. Is it me? Might be me. 
I don't know who's got a bird, but I'm, I'm charmed by this because I was talking about Pirates of Pugmire and then a bird showed up <laughs> as if to say, guess what you can play in Pirates of Pugmire? Birds. Aww, birds. Uh, but, but yeah, so like even that amount of research where I'm not having to research real world stuff, but you know, you're flipping back and forth between two books, like that's still mm -hmm. important. So it might take me as long to write 10 or 12K on a book as it would take me to edit a 100K book. Because oh editing I really... sometimes gets mindless. Mm. Go ahead, sorry. I really... Oh, no, no, no. Sorry. I, I really can't say enough. I think editing is much easier than writing. Um, yeah. I started out as a... I was a writing major in college, and I thought that I wanted to be a writer. I thought that I wanted to be an editor as my day job to kind of make ends meet. Um, but, boy, when I realized just how hard writing is... Um, I, I think I took, um, yeah, I think I took an easier path with being an editor. Um, <laughs> I, yeah. like, writing is just hard, brutal work. Um, and, and I really respect all the authors who want to put in that time and who make incredible products and incredible books um, just, just with the sheer force of their determination and creativity. That's pretty amazing. I gotta tell you, though, finding a good editor who will not only do all the things that I mentioned, re, you know, game line stuff and fact checking and whatever, but will also come to me and say, like, hey, this section might be taken wrong. Or, hey, this section is reading a little problematic, which is something that I encourage people to do, but I think people get scared of, like, criticizing the art too much. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, it's It's... It's a joy for me because I would rather have someone come to me after they've had a project for a week or two and go, hey, there are some issues. Can I point them out? And I'm like, yes, please, please, because I don't want yeah. it to go to press with issues in it. Like, <laughs> No. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I we were chatting a little bit before we started recording. Um, and one mm -hmm. of the things that I said is that I think it's an editor's job to look at someone's precious newborn infant that they've been <laughs> building for nine months in their very bodies uh, and look at that infant and say to them with a straight face and a kind voice, your baby is ugly. <laughs> and, and here, your, 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 puf your perfect, beautiful firstborn child, here is how to make your baby less ugly. And, and still <laughs> get those parents to hear what you're saying and, and not be crawling up the wall <laughs> they yeah. called their baby ugly <laughs> hopefully it's not super frequently that it's ugly but hopefully it's occasionally like your baby's covered in something can i yeah, wipe it off yeah you like know, your, you baby know, your, your baby had a blowout <laughs> <laughs> like let me like, let me help clean your baby up <laughs> it's, a, it's a perfectly acceptable baby but it's covered in mud <laughs> Need a bath, <laughs> and then I'll give it back. <laughs> no, I'm just waiting. I'm gonna next email I get get back. Dixie's gonna send me some edits to say this project is sticky. <laughs> <laughs> you have sent me some things from uh, your personal line recently, so <laughs> be like, so this chapter is sticky. <laughs> it it went outside and it... all over itself. <laughs> smeared everywhere. Like, this is, this is a great chapter, except for the author fed it a lollipop and let it go outside to play in the mud. Um, so I've wiped it down. <laughs> I'm giving it back to you. I am in love with this analogy. I'm I know. To start using it. Um, but I, I also really appreciate how, um, I, I think, again, as one of my jobs as an editor is to understand what a company's voice is and to understand mm -hmm. what a company's values are 
Yeah. Um, and then to make sure that the work that they're publishing from all these myriad different authors and freelancers is in line with that voice and that vision. Um, and so one, one thing that I've really appreciated about working with you, Dixie, is that when I come to you and I say, here's an example of, you know, somebody's working really hard on this and, and whether that's just by oversight or by, you know, crunching a little too close to the deadline or, or what have you, not knowing, um, this is something that sounds like it's outside of your voice and outside of the Onyx path vision for where the company wants to go. Um, mm -hmm. I've always felt like I get really great support from you uh, and from the other people who I work with at Onyx path to say like, okay, you know, what do we need to do to fix it? Um, or can you lend us a hand and, and jump in on that and tweak it a little bit to make sure that it's, it's reflecting where we want to go. Um, so I've, I've found that to be something that's really hard to find in other forms of freelance work. Um, and it's, it's really cool to work with people who, who uh, communicate so clearly um, where it is you want to go and, and what it is you want to do. That's a big reason why I want to keep working with you all. Aw, thanks. Yeah. I will say that yeah. um, it's easier to do when you do have uh, 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 similar values and your cult, your, the corporate culture and your personal culture are much more aligned. Um, yes. Because certainly I've done some consulting work for people and it's been sometimes tricky because like I know that their personal values or their company values aren't quite in line with mine. So I have to make, okay, I have to say things that, or, or, or advise them on things that I'm still happy to stand behind. So put my name on, but also make mm -hmm. sure they're not wildly divergent from that corporate voice you're talking about. Sometimes it can be tricky, but luckily, yes. like you say, you know, Onyx Path's values and your values seem to be very strongly aligned. Yeah, I find that to be the case. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I am. That, I'm a fan of this company for that reason. Like, Rich is very good at standing behind us if anybody says something is maybe not okay anymore, or mm -hmm. if you know the social landscape has shifted. And I think that that's something that everyone from the top down is pretty good at listening to. Like, if one of my freelance writers comes to me and says, "Like, hey, I saw this person's draft and it had this phrase in it, and this phrase is problematic, and here's why," I'll kind of go and look at it and run interference and be like, "Okay, well, they didn't know." Like, it's it's I've I've never seen it be malicious. Mm -hmm. It's almost always like they didn't know because, like, yeah, we have some, you know young queer folks writing on our books we have people of color writing on our books but we also still have some you know older cis white gentlemen working on our books and some of them might just not be completely up with the times but there's also yeah. other weird kind of weird cases like um when uh because uh, maria and i have been friends for all but when she started getting heavily involved in, in like disability uh, uh advice um mm -hmm. the stuff i grew up with as a disabled child and, and the language i was taught to use is outdated so even though I'm disabled, you know, I was, I grew up being told that hearing impaired is the term you use. And I remember at one point I said, going, actually, it's kind of outdated now. We don't really use that anymore. And so it's like, you know, even, you know, if you're inside of a marginalized community, you may, you know, if you're older, you may not have the most accurate way of presenting yourself, or you may have outdated notions or something. So, I mean, it's always good to have uh, somebody else look at it and say, Hey, have you thought about this? Are you aware of this thing? I, um, recently consulted on the non-onyx path project and um, the person involved was using, um, you know, left brain, logical, right brain, emotional language. And I'm like, that's an outdated scientific theory. Um, mm -hmm. So things like that. It's like when they grew up that, you know, right brain, creative, left brain, logical. And it's like going, yeah, it's cool to grow up with that, but that's no longer actually scientifically backed up anymore. 
you know, stuff like the al- alpha, wolf alpha dynamic, you know? Yeah. 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 No, I mean, there's, there's a lot of examples of, of things like that, that we could probably all speak to. Oh, one thing that I really like about editing um, is, I mean, and really why I feel like I, I got into it and why I keep doing it is because I like, like you say, Dixie, I like helping people. I love writing. I read all the time. I write all the time just for my own personal pursuit. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, I really want to help people learn to be better writers and, and learn to uh, connect with their audiences um, in, in bigger and better ways. Um, mm-hmm. So one thing that I really like about editing is when I, as we were talking about, have a relationship with an author or have a relationship with a developer where I can say to them, you know, look, I, you know, what if, what if we tried this or, or what if, um, you know, do a little bit more research here um, in order to like get a little more specific or, or show that you can connect with this audience or show that you know something more about this area. Um, mm-hmm. I, I really like when that kind of feedback can be so well received uh, because then I feel like I'm really doing the job that I want to do, which is helping people. <laughs> Mm-hmm. helping yeah. people be better at what it is they love doing i i think one thing i like too about working in rpgs specifically in like this kind of industry is that when i give a project to an editor or when i do one myself unless i ask whoever the developer is i often don't know who wrote each individual section so i can kind of judge the work as a whole without going like oh this person's not great Instead, it's like yeah. the section needs to be fixed, and then I can go yeah. to the dev, and if the dev needs to, they can go back to the person, but they can word it however they need to. Like, if I know Eddie's going to be the one reading my comments instead of one of the other mm-hmm. devs, sometimes I might be a little bit more blunt, just because Eddie knows that, I, that I'm not being mean. Um, if it's going back straight to a dev who I don't know as well, then sometimes I'm a little bit, you know nicer and i'll like put some more broad overview comments um just because i don't know if they're going to get right back to the writer with that or whatnot but like it's kind of nice getting to look at them without knowing who wrote what because mm-hmm. uh, there's there's no prejudging because like just because somebody wrote maybe kind of a weaker section on one book doesn't mean they're going to be weaker in the future but i don't want to go in with yeah. that like preconceived notion of like this person's a weak writer you know no yeah, yeah i mean yeah. like and again that relationship i think really helps um uh, um, predating both of you, actually, um, one of my early vampire twenty anniversary editors, uh, Jennifer Pawlowski. Um, I, I had been friends with her for a while, um, and one of the projects I got to her, um, she messaged me and said, "Hey, just like curiosity, are you the developer on this or somebody else?" Like, no, I'm, I'm the developer. She, okay, cool, because this is bad. Um, <laughs> and she was pretty blunt about it, um, but she knew she had that relationship with me, and, and, and she asked because she's like, okay. If, if she knew it was another developer, she would have phrased it differently, but she's, okay, I can, I can shoot straight with you. I can tell you this just needs to change. Um, yeah. And sometimes, uh, particularly, like like say, go back to the ugly baby thing, is that sometimes if you do have a personal relationship with someone, I've found that having an editor be that blunt sparingly helps to kind of cut through a little bit. It hurts, obviously, because, I mean, no one wants to mm. tell you your baby's ugly, but if you then make better decisions because you, you've like, Oh wow, it's, it's that serious that you're being that blunt with me. Um, then you take that feedback more seriously. Saying, oh, well, it's, it's okay. It's probably fine. You just need to change these 1200 things. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's no debate there where it's like, no, seriously, it's all, I'm it's sorry. all burn it all and start again. It's like, okay, well maybe we should 
scale back from that a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I got lucky in that I knew Rose for many years before I started working for Onyx Path. So I had the same thing where I had a relationship with Rose where, like, there were a couple things she gave me over the years. I'm not going to, you know, name names. There were a couple things where I would message her on Google Hangouts or something and be like, yo, chapter (laughs) four, not good. (laughs) Right. Doesn't make sense. Very confusing. Don't know what's happening. Um, And then kind of leave it to her in in my old position to be the one that had the wonderfully comfortable and you know very easy job of going to somebody and going this needs to be rewritten because mm-hmm. um, we know how easy that is right eddie no, it's super easy I, I certainly have not done that recently no yeah i feel really bad every time oh yeah no, totally. Um, i mean it's, it's it at least for me it's like it's always like oh my god i don't want to have this conversation i was like you know my main instinct is to coach it in lots of soothing language it's like you know don't freak out don't be upset about this but again it's the because i've been on the other side it's like you have to kind of judge each personality is different and like you know some people Mm -hmm. you know take that in different ways and it's like for some of my writers or some of my developers i'm like okay let me walk you through what needs to change and what we're thinking about here um and some writers it's like you know they actually prefer to just have all the red lines dumped on them, let them process it, and then come back to you with questions. Yeah. A lot of it is based on personality. I think I only feel bad, and Maria might get this too, like when it gets as far as one of us. Yeah. And we are the ones that have to hard. say, like, mm, because you figure at that point it's had several pairs of eyes on it. Mm-hmm. And there's some, every now and then, it doesn't happen too often, but every now and then I will look at something that has, you know, been developed and kind of go, like, how did this get to this point? Yeah. Sure. What happened? Yeah. And it's it's yeah. rare. It's usually overloaded developer or something of that nature where someone just skimmed through some things and didn't double check. Mm-hmm. It's 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 very rarely, like I said, that anyone's done like an actual bad job. It's yeah. just like some small failure in the process because we're all very busy yeah. and we all work from home. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm I'm curious, Dixie, as as I understand it, um generally what happens is that the author's draft go to the developer. They go through that cycle mm-hmm. a number of times. Um, then when it's ready, um, the developer sends it to you. You designate mm-hmm. an editor, send it to the editor. Um, and the editor is probably the second to last person to touch the text before it goes to um, layout. Because the developer yes. is going to touch it one more time to right. accept or decline changes, to look at anything that the editor did to make sure it's all copacetic. But then it goes mm-hmm. to layout and like, that's it. Th- those are the last fingerprints on it before yeah. the audience reads what they read. Yeah, I think of my editors as kind of that last bastion of like, there, there are some projects like Scion where we have like so some experts or sensitivity readers or things like that because they're very much needed for real world religion. Um, but a lot of our projects that are more just rooted in fiction uh, don't have a sensitivity reader or beta reader phase, aside from ones that deal with more hard to handle content, things like Book of the Fallen for Mage. Mm-hmm. Um, but almost everything else doesn't have that kind of reader. So we're both the last bastion of grammar and spelling, aside from the errata process, which thank you, errata process, because I have never yes. edited a book that didn't end up with one typo in it. Sure. And I'm sorry, Bless. editors aren't perfect. It's true. Like <laughs> I have, For I, every... I have opened published books I've worked on and immediately seen a typo and been like, "God, damn it!" Like, oh, 
Yeah, man, I remember there was one time I, I worked on a book and I was reading, I made the mistake of reading the comments after it came out. And boy, somebody somebody slammed the editor. Like, didn't know it was me. Did yep. not know it was me. But right. like, was slamming the editor and being like, I found like 14 typos in the first 10 pages. And I was like, oh, that was me. <laughs> <laughs> what I is bet. really sad too is that, so- well, Sometimes it is us. Like, I'm not going to, like, once again, not perfect. No one's perfect. I'm sorry. Um, but also, like, sometimes it's that stuff got tweaked after we sent it back. Yeah. It's true. Um, yeah. Because sometimes, like, you'll send it back and then it'll get to the errata process. And then somebody will realize that an extra two paragraphs needs to be written and it doesn't go by anybody. It just goes in the book and ah, just send it to me no yes (laughs) please but but yeah like that that can definitely happen i'm not perfect no one's perfect i've definitely i've got books out for onyx path and other companies i've worked for that i found a typo in and been like hmm Hmm. Don't know how I missed that, but great, great. That's on hundreds of thousands of pages and hundreds of books that people have in their homes. (laughs) Great. But at the same time, (laughs) if you edit two hundred thousand words and seven of them come out misspelled, (laughs) okay, okay, pretty good ratio. Spellcheck does not know the difference between Ventru and Venture. And I can't it tell you not. the number of times. <laughs> you just yeah. Sometimes it's two in the morning, and a Ventru's venture gets a little bit mixed up. <laughs> That's why sometimes with with words like like Ventru, for instance, that um that are close enough to a real world, real, real world, real word. I make typos when I talk, (laughs) Um, that are close enough to a real word. Like sometimes I specifically don't add them to my spell check. So they Mm. always get a squiggle Mm -hmm. because then that means it's right. Right. (laughs) Because then if I'm passing over the word Ventru and it doesn't have a squiggle, I'm like, that's probably not Ventru then. Because it's not, yeah. Like there, there are many words I will add to my dictionary. Like I've got Pugmire in my word dictionary, obviously. You know, Mao. Like some of the words that, that we <laughs> I was use just regularly. Of Mao. <laughs> oh my god! I don't know how many fucking times I've had Mao autocorrect to May, and I just miss it. <laughs> yep. Oh my god. I'm sorry. Carry on. No, it's it's it's, it's, it's normal though. Like. There are, there are certain <laughs> things I added, like once we normalized the names of all the gods in Scion, I added all the appropriate spellings to my word dictionary, because mm-hmm. um, they all have special characters and they make me want to die. Mm-hmm. But yeah. like, there are some words that I, I specifically don't add, because like, I, I want it to flag it, so I'm like, oh, okay, then it's correct. Awesome. That's what I need. I don't do yeah, that, but I'm going to try but... that. I feel, like, I feel like we need to have at least bi-annual editors' chats just so that I can steal all your cool tricks. And this this is for any editors out there. I want to sit down and have bi-annual editor chats just to be like, what's the cool trick that you're using right now? Ooh, going to just jot that down. <laughs> that would be fun. Check I should do an OPP editor's Discord. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Forget it. Yes. Weird, weird tricks that Dixie learned over many years of doing books. <laughs> this would be a long time to hit on that one. I was like, wait a minute, what if I uncorrect it? Oh, but I mean, oh, it, it, things that we're all learning. Like I remember um, uh, a while back, I was 
uh, seems like about six months ago, I was at Dixie. I was like, hey, you know, why are there so, so soft returns in this Word document? And she's like, what are you talking about? And I kind of was like, hey, you can replace soft returns with hard returns in Word. She was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, I also, oh, I, I didn't know there was a difference yeah. because I had Dixie. never had to deal with them before. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What? Yeah. Dixie, you taught me the difference between an M dash and an N dash and how to type those <laughs> things differently. So I, you know, what I was always doing is I was just copying the M dash that I could find that the author already put in the text and pasting it everywhere I saw an N dash. And that was bad <laughs> i did that for a long time so any of our writers out there because i still get documents with n dashes on them and other non m dash punctuation that is confusing to me um no control alt minus sign on the number pad makes mm -hmm. makes an m dash immediately yep. yes very makes your easy. editor very happy with you makes your editor love you and want to send you a box of puppies they're they're there is unfortunately no shortcut for a minus sign, but minus signs are not hyphens. It's a different punctuation mark entirely. That's my, that's my tip of the day to all my writers out there. <laughs> I get so many documents that use hyphens for minus signs, and I'm like, no, they look really different in the font. Like, you don't <laughs> understand. Although, uh, there's um, a, to end with a positive tip, um, something else I learned a while back that I, I since tell everybody if I could do it. Um, if you copy and paste sometimes text or, or working in weird word documents, um, quotes will sometimes be uh, dumb quotes where they're, they're straight up and down as opposed to curved. Yep. Um, same with yeah. um, mm -hmm. apostrophes. Um, but if you find replace quotation mark with quotation mark in word, it'll just replace it with the exact same punctuation mark, but it will all automatically curve them to their, their smart quotes. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. And sometimes that's the first thing I like. Generally, I will edit without doing that immediately, but the minute I find one yep. stem quote, replace it. I turn off track changes, mm -hmm. I find replace all my quotes and all my apostrophes, and then I go back into it. Yep. Um, because, yeah, like that's such a frustrating thing. And I was hand correcting those here and there for a while because every now and then you'll find like one. Right. And now I'm just at a point where if I find one, I'm like, they must be eradicated. It's like, it's like seeing a roach in your kitchen. <laughs> yeah. <where> you're like, <laughs> You're like, well, now I have to call the exterminator because there's 8,000 more living in the walls. Burn uh, all the dumb quotes. Bad analogy. I, so last week I was up at midnight. I just moved into an, an old new house. Uh, and last week I was up late scooping the cat litter and I saw a roach. So great. Thanks. That was just a good little memo for me and my life right now. <laughs> <laughs> that is the worst. I hate them. Ah, um, help. <laughs> yeah burn the house down just leave <laughs> take the cats take my editing laptop editing on Those the road are all for real good tips like it's it's if you ever have a question do if you're a writer listening to this if you're a wannabe freelance listening to this like if you ever have one of these questions like you don't sound silly for asking us because oh we gosh. all have to learn these things too and some of us have to learn them without asking anybody because we're bad at asking yeah like, i oh remember my gosh. I was working on Cavaliers of Mars because um, I did some writing on Witch Queen of the, Sh of the Shadowed Citadel. Um, and I remember Rose sent me an email that asked me to incorporate the handshake. And it took me about two days to get up the courage to ask her what that was. Because mm -hmm. um, no one had ever explained the term handshake to me before. I tell, what is that? Eddie probably explain it better than I can. It's the opening bit. Uh, basically, um, we don't like to have uh, two headers right next to each other. Um, so a handshake is just a, a paragraph or a couple sentences between headers, so that way it just breaks up the space a bit better. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And okay. Like, I'm familiar with that. Yeah. yeah. And in the context of this adventure, it was just a really short intro paragraph mm-hmm. that said, like, here's what this is all about. But I didn't, like, Steffi had written the handshake and I had written everything else. So all it Rose wanted me to do was copy paste Steffi's handshake into my draft. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I don't understand what you've asked of me and at this point i'm doing your old job so i feel like i should know uh so yeah we, we are always learning like everyone's always and learning. one thing that's also weird about this industry specifically is because um like with video games now there are courses and textbooks and so the terminology is starting to become standardized but with tabletop mm-hmm. rpgs it's still very kind of homegrown and organic um, so a lot of times companies will invent terminologies to describe a concept they talk about all the time, and it's different from what a, another company gives the same mm-hmm. concept. Um, so like Handshake, I, I think it's something that's relatively specific to Onyx Path. I don't know if other companies use the exact same term. Um, splat, I know I've had writers and developers come to me and say, what the heck is a Splat? And it's like, oh, that's the character subtype you can play, you know? Um, mm-hmm. But it just came from uh, uh, the asterisk that we would use to denote a random character, and then that, that asterisk is called a splat, and then eventually just became the name for the, the content it was representing. Um, so again, because language is, is evolves and grows. So I mean, so asking a question, like, I don't know what that is. It's not usually that you're dumb. It's just maybe you don't know that company-specific jargon for a concept. Yeah. But it's still one of those things where, like, I think people get afraid to ask. And it's like, no, just ask me. Like... That's, I'm I'm here for that. And if I don't know, I've got Eddie at my fingertips. If I want to talk to him. I've got Matthew if he's awake. Like <laughs> I have multiple slacks that I'm in. I I'll find someone who knows. If I have to email Rich, I'll email Rich. You know, right. like we'll figure it out. Um, and we we, we try to be helpful and supportive. <laughs> yeah, I don't absolutely. ever want anybody to be like, I can't do my job because Dixie didn't explain the very tiny thing to it me. It goes back to support class. Uh, Support class. That's what Yay. we're here for. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I I still maintain that that's why I'm one of the few people I know who didn't get burned out in retail. Because I actually like helping people. Yeah. <laughs> it's fun for me. Even if they're jerks. Oh. So we're getting near to time. So Maria, I want to ask you a couple questions just to wrap yeah. this up. Sure thing. The first one is going to be, what's your favorite line or lines you've worked on so far and the second one's going to be what are your dream lines from us or any other company that you'd like to work on in the future oh my god um and how many of them are um probably favorite line that i've worked on is pugmire um seriously not just saying that because eddie is hosting this podcast um (laughs) you can tell me the real answer later it's okay okay, i'll email it to you Um, (laughs) um, no i mean like i said i i have a lot of sentimental attachment to that like that's from my very early lark days that's you know eddie's a good friend Uh, and eddie is actually a great industry mentor for me as well um he's done a lot to sort of help me navigate and figure out um you know what do i want to do where do i want to go how do i accomplish that how do i work with these folks how do i solve this problem he's one of my go-to people that i'll just call up you know be like hey help so it's really cool to see that product line grow and blossom um and and become something that lots of people adore and that mm-hmm. i get to run mm-hmm. with my colleagues at the office really soon i'm really excited about it um, <laughs> yay and yeah um, i think i would really like to work on more vampire um because that's my bread and butter that's really what i grew up with and started with um mm-hmm. and i think i think this um 
Dixie, what project am I working on right now? <laughs> <laughs> You're working on Let the Streets Run Red, a supplement hey, for Chicago by that's Night. That's right. Yes, yes. Let the Streets Run Red, a supplement for Chicago by Night. Yes, I've gotten that far into it. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I'm, I, I'm excited to be working on vampire stuff. Um, I'm excited to mm-hmm. dive into Let the Streets Run Red. Um, and I'd, I'd really like to do more of that. Um, and if I if I was going to go out on a limb and work on something that I've never, ever played before, absolutely. Like I said before, Cavaliers of Mars, dream. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Cavaliers definitely. is really fun because the language is kind of flowery in like 18th century, 19th century. Yeah. So you don't have to do as much work telling people to be concise. You can just kind mm-hmm. of enjoy the setting mm-hmm. and just fix like really basic stuff, which is why it was mm-hmm. fun to write you. Mm-hmm. Because it's just like, I can like let all those like writer tendencies that my professors in college beat out of me. Like all my professors that were like, why do you write like some weird cross of like a Bronte and Emily Dickinson? <laughs> and I was like, because that's what I read. Um, and, then, and then they were like, you don't need to have sentences that are a paragraph long with three semicolons. And I was like, but that's how many times I want you to almost stop, but not actually stop. Um, <laughs> Anyway, you can kind of like let those tendencies run a little wild because it's supposed to be that kind of flowery romantic language, which is really fun. Mm. It just reminds me there's a meme. Uh, it's, it's the Trojan horse picture. Um, and uh, um, at the bottom it says uh, Emily Bronte sentence. And inside the Trojan horse it says semicolons. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, that's, that's true. <laughs> I don't even think it was a fiction piece. I think one of the first papers I wrote in college, like as a little baby freshman, my professor came to me and was like, you read 18th century literature, don't you? And I was like, yes. (laughs) He was like, okay, so we're going to talk about modern writing. I was like, okay. (laughs) Um, And and from from him, I I learned the importance of things like one-syllable words and uh sentences that were only you know five or six words long i was like oh punchiness it's a thing it can be its own punctuation what (laughs) who knew so yeah no it's it's a lot of fun and uh i mean i i do have something to say about that i might be able to get you some of that stuff at some point soon because i enjoy working with you and yeah hopefully this year or next year sometime soon is the year that we get to actually meet in person because yes. one of those people that like Rose told me about you and about the great work you were doing before I even came on full time, and then Rose like highly recommended that I keep using you, and I've had this almost two year now like working relationship with you where I've I never know. met you, and it's really yeah. weird. Yeah, yeah, I need to get I out like more it. conventions. I have met my coworkers that live in England. <laughs> oh, dang. I have not met you. Oh, That's dang. a problem. It's true. I've well, I mean, to be fair, I was in grad school. That's kind of my excuse where have you been you fell down a hole yeah and you came out with school. a master's degree and then you had no money because your money was still down that hole <laughs> i guess that's allowed as an excuse right. either way it's been a lot of fun talking to you i'm so glad to have another editor on here thank um, you so much for really having happy. me on it's so nice to chat with you in person this is so wonderful it's super fun and by the way if you want to have a skype call we can just chat too i'm around Rock on I, I have a phone and everything. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. What? It's 2019 and I have a phone. Whoa. What is, is, is that, that what you use that thing in your pocket for? <laughs> I just use that for shit posting on my friend's memes. Right, exactly. <laughs> what else would you use? That's also fun. <laughs> ah. 
All right. Well, it's been a blast. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. And yeah. we are going to exit to the Sounds outro. great. And we're back for the outro. It's the outro song. Oh. The outro song? The outro my, song. My least favorite song. Oh, is it because it's ending or is it because it I'm is. singing? No, your singing is always a delight. It's uh, <laughs> it's the fact that it's coming to an end. It's like the end of uh, what's um, uh, well, that's that tailed off into nothing, didn't it? Uh, let's think of a sad outro song. The one in Rocky Horror the Picture Show. Hulk. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, or the or the theme music at the end of Incredible Hulk when he's hitchhiking. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know that one. I know the Rocky end theme song. Rocky Horror, not Rocky about the boxer. Yeah. Sylvester about Stallone. About boxer, right? Yeah, yeah, that that one. <laughs> anyway, we had fun talking to you, Maria. Um, especially the random editing analogies that popped up, right, Eddie? <laughs> yes. Because sometimes you do have to tell people that their babies are ugly. And, and, sm- <laughs> and, and covered in feces. And, and sticky. You've got a sticky baby. Ah, oh, sounds it. like I missed a fantastic interview. I would have loved that kind of uh, language. It was Vulgarity. a really fun analogy, actually. I was just talking about, like, you know, being being an editor at its heart seems kind of mean because you really are paid to correct people. And I always try to look at it as I'm trying to just make people's work better. Like, you know, they're, they're already good work. I'm just trying to, like, polish it up, make it a little bit better. Mm-hmm. But sometimes stuff needs more polishing than others and you kind of every now and then i'll look at a page that's you know covered in red or i use pink actually because it makes me feel friendlier um (laughs) covered in pink and i'll look at it and just be like i feel mean right now like i feel real mean (laughs) should i not fix everything and i'm like no you gotta fix everything so yeah Right, but whereas Mario's like going, your baby is ugly. He's <laughs> just like right out of the gate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's that's good though. Like, it's it's nice to have that kind of you know, like to be able to say that to people when you need to. Maybe you say yeah. it nicer, like I said. Maybe you say your baby, your baby's a little sticky. You need to clean him off. I'm never gonna get tired of that analogy. Just no, I know, just sticky, sticky babies. Just, yeah. Mm. Somebody bring me jelly babies at a at a convention. Oh my god, yeah. Like Do you have jelly babies. babies in America? You gotta buy them in like a the international food market. You gotta buy them in like a British food market. Mm. Right. The closest we have are like gummy bears, gummy worms. Oh yes. Gummy berry, gummy berry juice. Mm-hmm. That was from the gummy right. bears cartoon. Before gummy your time, bears. Dixie. Bouncing here and there and everywhere. I'm older than you. I know. I just like you saying that. (laughs) (laughs) He enjoys it. Why? Do you like feeling young? Yes, it's about the only thing that makes me feel that way. (laughs) I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. We'll just find a bunch of our freelancers that are younger than you, and I'll be, I'll be like, haha! Look at them. Yeah, at that point, I'm the aged veteran sat in the corner murmuring about red lines and how I, how I will send Maria after them with her sticky babies. <laughs> I'm feeling really called out right now. <laughs> You're younger like, than both of us in spirit, Eddie. Yeah, that is, that is 
Well, certainly I'm younger than you, both in terms of, of maturity, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so at the time of this recording, when the time this drops, we do still have a few days left on the Deviant the Renegades Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. It's been yes. going really well. Uh, at this recording, we're very close to 70000 which would be 200% of our goal, which would be awesome. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure we're going to make that. I have faith in us to at least make that. Uh, we've got, what, about five, six days to go as of right now? Yeah. So check it out. If you haven't read it at all yet, you can still back for $5 and get access to the manuscript so you can see if you want to actually get the book. I've got all kinds of tiers. We've got a few stretch goals left to go. Uh, Eric Zawadzki and Dave Brickshaw are both very excited at how well it's been going. Eric Zawadzki is excited to develop further things and we'll answer your questions in the comments, as we said before. Oh, yeah. He has been doing a fantastic job, hasn't he, Eric? Uh, I mean... Um... Initially, my intention was to interview him for the YouTube channel, uh, only to find that every single question that uh, viewers have asked has already been asked in the comments on the Kickstarter, and he just answered. <laughs> he usually answers them within about five, ten minutes of them being posted. So I've now become convinced that Eric just doesn't sleep, which is probably true. He's got children; it's quite likely. Mm. <laughs> But, and speaking um, of Kickstarters, um, the Scarred Lands Creature Collection will be just about wrapping up when this drops, yeah. um, which is our other simultaneous Kickstarter, part of our experiment going on. Um, at the time of recording, it's at 300% funded, about uh, $45,000. Nice. So um, if you definitely want to see more high-quality content with cool business partners like Candy Board Games, definitely check it out and support them. Yeah, we've got all kinds of cons coming up. Uh, as When this drops, Eddie, Rich, and myself will be at Save Against Fear in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can find us there for the next few days. Uh, yeah, Rich keeps threatening that we would do some Pathcast recordings at the show. We'll see how it goes. I plan to bring my stuff, so. Yeah, I mean, I can bring my microphone, but my little laptop will not handle it, so I don't know how much help I'll be. No, I'll, <laughs> I'll, bring, my, I'll, I'll bring my blue mic and my laptop, so. Okay, cool. Yeah, so we'll be there uh, running some games. I'm running a couple of games today when this drops. So if you want to get here in the yeah. next few hours, you can play a game with me. Um, then I'm running another one on Sunday. You can find all the events at the website. I'd say you could play games with Eddie, but all of his games sold out because I couldn't get tickets to any of them. I tried. Aw. I don't get to play Pirates of Pugmire with Eddie, even though I wrote on Pirates of Pugmire, and I'm pretty salty about that. So I'm just going to hang around by your <laughs> table, salty. Eddie. Oh, yeah, exactly. I'm a salty sea dog. <laughs> I'm going to hang around by your table, and if anyone doesn't show up, <laughs> I'm just going to claim the last seat. Well, since this is dropping at the time, I'll be running it. It won't really ruin anything, but I do have a couple extra characters to exercise. So if you want to just kind of slide in, we could probably make that work. Woo! Because, yeah, this is dropping like at noon, and you're running it right. at what time? Like, like five. Three. Three? Five. Yeah. Three? Three. I don't know. Five. We'll figure it out. Ten. We're going to play games. It'll be fun. Yeah. You could lurk uh-huh. menacingly until just one of the other players just runs crossed. away. Yeah. That was kind until of Until Eddie plan. runs away. Yeah. So that's actually something funny. When we go to conventions, you know, like I don't run a lot of games. I tend to be the more like booth facilitator like person just mm-hmm. kind of going like, go here for this. I'll sell you this thing. Go over there. Talk to that lady, you know. Um, but sometimes I like to watch games being run. And if our table for demos isn't like in our booth. I have, you know, wander down to wherever the table is and I'll just kind of stand there and like walk around and the people are playing and inevitably I end up coming off as real creepy because the players are like, <laughs> who the hell is this lady like just staring at us? And I'm like, I I work on this. I just wanted to watch for a second. I'm sorry. I'm trying to be like unobtrusive, <laughs> but by being unobtrusive, I'm actually just being creepy. <laughs> 
just just like leaning over their shoulder to read their character sheet. I mean, like a, a little. <laughs> I'm five foot one. I can't read it without leaning a little bit over. Right. I see past them. Hmm. I don't know. It's a weird thing that I do. Eddie and I will have also at this point done a Sherlock themed escape room. Yes. Which I'm pretty excited about. And and, and um, I have I have promised the convention runners that I will not argue about the uh, canon nature of the room until after it is done. So on next week's episode, we'll update you as to whether or not that actually happened or whether Eddie had a breakdown <laughs> in the middle of the room about the wallpaper and or pipe design and or hat and or violin being wrong. Moriarty wasn't even meeting Sherlock Holmes in 1891, so how can you possibly reference this thing? It's supposed to be pre-1891. See? Yeah, that kind of going to happen. Yeah. That'll be fun. All right, cool. We've got a lot of things coming up. So PDXCon, Save Against Fear. Uh, of course, we've got PAX Unplugged later this year, as well as midwinter early next year. So come mm-hmm. see us sometime if you want to. If you want a big con with tons and tons of gaming, PAX Unplugged. If you want a really small con where you can just kind of hang out with people and play a few games and have a couple drinks, midwinter. And of course, if you're in the UK, come to Dragon Meet in December. I know. In fact, the end of November. See me there. It's a one-day convention. It's in London. Everyone can get to London. We'll have an overpriced pint and maybe play a game or two. Awesome. So if people wanted to find you virtually... Matthew, where would they do so? Well, they can virtually find me <laughs> anywhere, but but more specifically, they can find me virtually on MatthewDawkins.com. Uh, they can find me as Clack Click Bang on Twitter. They can find me as the Gentleman Gamer on the Onyx Path forums, and I'm all over the uh, Onyx Path Discords, World of Darkness Discords, Facebook, uh, uh, pretty much anywhere you look, I will be there. That's terrifying. Haunting you, yes. We're- Lurking behind you at, at, at your gaming table? Yes, well, wanting to take your the player's seat because I arrived too late. And Eddie? So, fun fact, um, I, I first heard you, I thought you said vertically? <laughs> you can find me vertically here but, and horizontally at ParadoxCon, apparently. <laughs> right, after a few pints, horizontally, but officially vertically. <laughs> but you can pose next to me for five euro. <laughs> But you can find me virtually or vertically um, at uh, pugsteady.com. Uh, from there, you can find links to all my social media accounts. Uh, I also have a Medium blog, which I post to occasionally. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll uh, have fun at Saving a Sphere. Yeah. You can find me at Dixie Cyanide on most social media. I have a website, DixieCochran.com. You can find us at TheOnyxPath.com and TheOnyxPath on most social media. Also, we have a Twitch and a Discord, which, as usual, I will link in the show notes. As always, many worlds, one pathcast. cast.